The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to our guest, Ludovic Subran, who's chief economist at Allianz. Uh, Steve, I was about ready to say we're going, going to go into Ludovic mode uh, with a nod to Tesla owners. But Ludovic, thanks very much for joining us. And uh, apologies for that. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, often a, there's often a message in the market, and we know what the message is from the Fed. Uh, fear us. Uh, we're going to stay tight for some considerable period of time. What I'm most curious about is what the message from the data is. How are you reading the data at the moment? Um, I'm, I'm certainly more concerned than the Fed is about their determination to hike, right? Because the job report was not very good. Um, the U.S. has been through two consecutive quarters of negative growth, even though they don't want to call it a recession. And to be fair, you know, all points, all signals point to a lowering of the natural interest rate, right? So, so if the Fed were to get to 4% or even 4.5%, um, they are certainly, you know, creating the condition for a recession. And, and so I, I, I think I, I value and I salute that determination. I think the overheating in the U.S. is uh, taking a toll on the middle class. But now they're really at tipping points. All signs are of lower growth and um, confidence being, you know, down. Um, production order books also being down. Trade <clears throat> being slightly contracting. So I think it's time to think about how to normalize to avoid a hard landing. Yeah, but uh, Ludovic, this is Stephen Engel here. I mean, this OPEC Plus uh, decision to cut production by two million barrels. I mean, that really should dash hopes in the market, shouldn't it? That central banks could potentially dial back aggressive rate hikes. I mean, but the markets have been kind of firming. Well, you know, the problem is uh, you don't hike when there is a, a supply shock, a negative supply shock, you know. That, that's Unfortunately, that's the problem that central banks are in right now. The inflation is mostly, again, in the U.S., half of the inflation is due to the, you know, helicopter money that President Trump did, you know, two years ago. So there is still a lot of fiscal stimulus in the economy that is creating the overheating. But the other half, and especially elsewhere in the world, a lot of the inflation is driven by um, negative supply shocks. And so I don't, I'm not sure it's really great to um, to hike when there is really a recession already in the making, and especially because there's going to be lower supply of, of energy, right? So I understand yeah, energy inflation is everybody's concern, but yeah. we need to look at the causes, yeah? And, and, and you know, trying to hike whatever the reasons of the inflation, I think is really leading to the risk of a policy mistake. Can the market live with a mild recession? Um, obviously, we can't live with a major recession, but does 3,500 on the S&P suggest maybe just mild recession? I, I think that's everybody's central scenario. We've, you know, I, I guess the balance sheets of economic agents are rather strong. There is still cash you know, in, the household, in the hands of the households. There is still cash on the balance sheet of companies. So I think they can live with it. 
Ludovic, let's pivot to Asia-Pacific. Obviously, we're about 10 days away from the beginning of the big political confab in Beijing, where Xi Jinping, of course, will host the meetings, the party congress, behind closed doors. So there's lots that we can potentially uh, glean from what he has to say for economic recovery and obviously uh, you know, possible relaxation of that dampening of economic growth and COVID zero policies and also their policies on property. But I'm curious, overall, as we, before we kind of dig into that, how do, how do you see Asia faring in 2023 if the U.S. and Europe, as you predict, will go into recession? Um, I, I think Asia could actually be quite resilient, um, even though the main topic for me as we enter 23 is the double dipping global trade. <clears throat> and of course, the strong financial headwinds, right? We just talked about the mood which is still quite hawkish from central banks and, and the fact that this could affect currencies in Asia in particular. So, so I'm, I, why I'm confident? Because there are buffers, um, because there are growth levers, uh, you know, Asian, Asian countries on middle class and, you know, the, the sprint towards innovation. And, and, you know, these buffers and these alliances are essential to navigate a fragmented and fractioned world. So I, I think Asia is going to avoid a form of recession. And, but of course, it depends, and you just mentioned, about what's going to come out of the U.S.-China rivalry, right, as, as the plenum and the midterm actually will dictate a lot of these tents on, 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 um, on growth uh, for Asian economies that are dependent on those two countries. So, so it feels to you that Asia is much more stable in a sense than what we see happening in, in Europe and the U.S.? I, th- I think Asia is less affected by inflation uh, because there is there was less overheating the, the most co- the main cause of inflation in the U.S. and there is not an energy crisis per se as we're seeing in Europe. So inflation in Asia has been subdued. I think central banks in Asia have been a bit late to the tightening game. Uh, now they're ready to ramp up. There's still another 100 basis points, you know, expected in most central banks. Of course, there's a big difference between, uh, let's say, Australia and Malaysia, whatnot. Um, so, so I think you know, and, and again, there are some room to maneuver, right? So, so, so I, I think uh, the the main issue is the 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 cyclical headwinds. You know, lower growth, higher inflation, higher cost of financing is not good for highly globalized Asian uh, economies, especially trade hubs and so forth. But somehow, I have the impression that the the financials are sounder than some of the other emerging markets. Uh, that, that that's when I compare with the this, the ASEAN region, let's say with Eastern Europe or Latin America. But also that there is, you know, domestic growth levers that could still provide a form of cushion as, okay. as the U.S. And, and Europe are heading into recession. Yeah. Well, I mentioned about, obviously, Xi Jinping, that the party congress that starts in 10 days is a highly political event, and it is behind closed doors. Is there is there something in particular, I would suggest probably COVID zero relaxation, that, that markets really need to, to look for coming out of that party congress? I mean, look, China is faced with the strongest um, real estate crisis uh, since, you know, I don't know, Japan in the middle of the 90s or Spain in the late of 2000. So I think the Congress will be all about, you know, common prosperity and trying to make sure that President Xi's reassures the middle class and stress and the social protection and creates a policy environment that is even better than it is today. So markets are going to be looking at whether um, China's depressed economy environment is there to stay or just like we saw yesterday you know Chinese uh, policy measures are back to where they were in 2015-16 which means China is ready to do again whatever it takes so that they get out of, of um, you know having their back against the recession wall so that's okay. that's what people are going to be waiting um, to see whether China is going to be growing or helping Asia grow out of the recession vortex that is mainly coming from the US and Europe. Yeah. 
or detracting from it. I got a highly theoretical question for you here. Does the neutral rate or or even the terminal rate um, for any central bank get adjusted lower uh, given financial instability considerations? In other words, should the rate be lower because of high debt and the rapidity of the of the rate hikes we've seen? Yes, the answer is yes. I think I think we had, you know, the, the the Fed of San Francisco had a very interesting paper that was, you know, issued in April 2020 in the peak of the the pandemic. That's that showed that after a pandemic, and of course, it's like you know, every hundred years or so, you have you know much lower, um, uh, um, you know, productivity growth, much lower potential growth, and much lower natural interest rates. Ludovic Subran, apologies, uh, we're up against the clock. We'll have you back soon, Chief Economist at Allianz, Ludovic Subran. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.